This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. Now, this morning, my subject that I have before me is rather a lengthy subject, but a very important subject at that. The subject is spiritual warfare. In the name of spiritual warfare, people are engaged in various activities. One of them is prayer walks or prayer marches. And another one is bringing down the strongholds. And again in that context, a study of territorial spirits, a research on that. The third practice or the third activity that surfaces very much under the subject of spiritual warfare is binding Satan. Binding Satan. If we can bind the devil and the demons, where is spiritual warfare? Christ rebuked the devil, cast out the devil, he never once bound the devil. In the wilderness, when the devil tempted him once, twice, thrice in quick succession, what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me. He did not say, die. Get finished. No. Get behind me. That's all. Don't come before me. Get behind me. And that's what exactly he told the disciples. When you go, preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. That is why the disciples never bound Satan. What does the Bible teach us? Give no place to the devil. That's what we read in Ephesians 4th chapter and verse 27. Give no place to the devil. And number two, stand against the devil. That's what we read in Ephesians 6:11, that famous spiritual armor passage. Stand against the devil. James 4.7 Resist the devil. What will he do? He will run away. He will flee from you. But if you bind him, he will not run. He cannot run. You will have to carry him. Resist the devil. So clear-cut teaching of the Bible should not be twisted by some obscure passage somewhere. The devil, like a roaring lion, is roaming about whom he may devour. But what does the Bible say? You be on the alert. That's all. 
Look at the passage. First Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober and be vigilant. That's it. Don't arrest him. Huh? Don't arrest him. Don't bind him. All that. You just stand your ground. That's all. Don't exceed the scriptural limits. Other than this, the Bible does not teach any other thing directly about what we should do to Satan. Cast out the devil. Give no place to the devil. Stand against the devil. Resist the devil. Be vigilant. This is the direct, and I underline the word direct. Explicit. Open. Clear. Unquestionable. Straightforward. Teaching of the Bible. This is the biblical boundary. Don't cross the boundary and do something which is not so clearly taught in the Bible. Immediately you have a question. Whatever you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, will be loosed in heaven. First of all, it says whatever. It does not say whoever. It doesn't refer to a person. It refers to some matter. And there is no direct reference to Satan in that passage. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Is Satan occupying heaven also? You take clear-cut teaching of the Bible and don't take other passages which might look like that. Don't take those passages for doctrine. For doctrine, take the clear-cut, open teaching of the scriptures. Not one, not two, but more than three. Everything shall be established by two or three witnesses in the Bible. That's the principle of biblical interpretation. This binding and loosing, loosening, is actually a judicial term. Now that was there in the Hebrew court of law. And in the 18th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus was talking about the discipline in the church. If a man does not listen to you once, you tell it to two or three elders. Even if he does not listen to two or three, then tell it to the church. And even if he does not listen to the church, you just bind him. That means he is thrown away. He is not here anymore. So whatever you do here as a church discipline, as my representatives, I will endorse it from heaven. What you do here, I will say yes. So the authority of the church, of heaven, on earth, in the matters of discipline, is what is explained in the 18th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Immediately you have a question. Whatever, unless you bind the strong man, that is how thieves were robbing the houses. You know, even today if you want to rob a lot of jewelry, go and tie the hands of that lady who will be screaming and shouting. 
put some turkey towel also inside her mouth. That is a practice of robbers and these burglars. You know, this was the method of the thieves of those days also. Jesus was not, not teaching a doctrine. You know, Jesus was using lot of proverbial language in his discourses with his disciples. In other words, what he was saying is, I am doing the ministry by the power of God. So what I do, I am preaching the word and I am just proclaiming the message of the kingdom. Satan stands as if he is bound. His power is lost. And I am able to gather people unto the kingdom. It is just an illustration. It is wrong. Note this. It is wrong to deduce any doctrine from obscure passages. We should confine and be satisfied with clear-cut biblical teaching. If you bind Satan today, there is no need for book of Revelation 20th chapter in the Bible. Look at the first three verses of Revelation 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and not an ordinary chain, a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of all, who is devil and Satan, and bound him for 1,000 years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set the seal on him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer for 1,000 years were over. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. You know, we should surrender and submit ourselves to the plan of God. This is plan of God for the ages. So God has some plan for this Satan. There was Lucifer, the son of the morning. And he was pushed down to the heavenlies. And he is occupying heavens. And his further descent will be there during millennia. So God has got his own plan. God is in perfect control. So don't uh, go panicky. I just want to say a few more things in this context. Christ gave some keys to Peter. What are those keys? Keys of hell or keys of uh, the kingdom of heaven? Keys of the kingdom of heaven. Did he use it? Yes. He opened it on the day of Pentecost. And he used those keys in the household of Cornelius to open the kingdom of heaven for the Gentiles. In a sense, you can also use today, wherever you go and preach the gospel, you are opening the kingdom of God for people to enter in. I have a question. Has Jesus given us the keys of hell and death? Please understand, I am just opening up before you, unfolding before you the plan of God for the ages. What did Jesus say? 
keys of hell and death are in my hands. If he wants, he can open them. If he wants, he can close them. It is up to him. You are not to go, but this key will not hold good there. This is for the kingdom of heaven. You open it and let people in. Opening of that kingdom, that kingdom of Satan and darkness, that hell, that is not in your hand. You know, when writing to the church, what did he say? He who holds the keys of the death and the pit, he says. So who has? Jesus only has. But one day, a key will be given to an angel. Look at the ninth chapter of Revelation and verse 1. Then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Twenty-eighth chapter and verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. One day, the Lord Jesus Christ will give the key and a great chain to an angel from heaven. And that angel will go, bind Satan, open the bottomless pit and put him there and lock it. That's not your job. Okay? Even Michael, the archangel, was very careful when dealing with the devil. But on the other hand, usually, those who unnecessarily deal with the devil and treat him with disrespect, I tell you, they are usually false teachers. Because my Bible says so. Look at Jude, ninth verse. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not. Oh, Michael! Michael the archangel, he dared not bring against him a reviling accusation by ties, he said. The Lord rebuke you. But Jude is saying in the seventh verse or in the eighth verse, he is describing false teachers and he said, But these dreamers, they defile the flesh, they reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. Satan is a dignitary. Even Michael was very careful in dealing with him. Verse 10. But these false teachers speak evil of whatever they do not know. That's a different world. We need to be very, very cautious. We should just confine ourselves with our boundary. Don't exceed your boundary. There was a great preacher in Tamil Nadu. 
he dealt too much with his demonology and talking to devils and all sorts of things and i don't need to tell his name you know finally where he landed up and he is a follower of a very outstanding international preacher the cassettes and cds of or the messages or the uh, talks of that preacher is in the library of many of the modern preachers night and day they keep on watching and listening to it lot of deception is going on i am warning you dear people telling of a name is not important but warning you of what's happening is more important look at these 10th words of the second chapter of second peter the second portion of that verse they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries dignitaries satan is a dignitary whereas angels who are greater in power and might they do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the lord be very careful resist the devil be alert on your watchfulness cast out devil give no place to the devil go ahead preaching the gospel and mind your business don't enter into that domain which is not necessary for you it is a forbidden area because so crystal clearly the bible has warned us sternly we are warned in this passage what does the bible say the lord shall crush satan shortly under your feet when was it written 2000 years ago so what does that word shortly mean in book of revelation god showed john things which should shortly come to pass which means at the end of the age satan will be crushed under our feet how god will make satan to sit at his footstool and along with christ when we reign we will have satan under our feet because we are going to reign with christ that means we will have satan under our feet that's the meaning of it. today don't go to any meeting or stand anywhere and say satan i crush you i stamp you you already i'm suffering from back pain and then you know don't do all that you can't crush him you can't do anything don't do that you know this stamping it's all it's exciting it's a gymnastics that's not what the bible teaches don't cross your biblical boundary a day will come turn with me to second thessalonians second chapter and eighth verse and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the brightness of his coming so today don't say devil i burn you no don't do that you can't do it that burning is kept for that day when god will do it through the breath of his nostrils you be on the alert that's all
We'll continue our study in the next segment. God bless you.